With the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Wow. It is Baker Mayfield. From my perspective, he was the number four overall quarterback, right? But I know John Dorsey, and from John Dorsey's perspective, John's got a little swag, and he likes swag. He likes confidence. This gives a competitor, if you're looking at the plus side of him, What up, what up? Thank you guys for taking another listen to the next episode of the Teeing Off podcast. Yours truly, Tito Javier, joined as always by Alex Kugler. Thank you guys for, for taking another listen. Al, what's going on, baby? How you been? What's up, T? Been good. We're, uh, we're finally out of summer. Football season is here. I think everybody's a little excited to calm down after all the traveling that we've been doing, but all's well here how's on your end everything's good man uh you know summer's over like you said uh you and i you know i've obviously told you this but uh started coaching some high school football uh which has been super rewarding super fun um shout out to cliffside park ridgefield high schools uh been been awesome um you know we got our first win last thursday so you know looking forward to to a, an exciting uh, season as it continues. Happy to be back on here with you. Uh, NFL week one uh, got underway. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, I'm excited to, uh, to, to hear your thoughts about what, um, what transpired in week one. And because we have so much to talk about and get into, uh, you know, let, let's just jump right uh, into it. We'll throw some back mountain music in there. Uh, we'll start with uh, the first game of the year, Cowboys versus uh, Buccaneers. Um, you know, it was a 31 to 29 win by uh, the Bucks. I think a lot of people thought uh, this game would be a lot more lopsided. Um, you know, obviously a, a three-point win by the Bucks. Um, you know, Tom Brady proving to to be Tom Brady with a late-game drive. Uh, for, you know, kick a field goal, game winner. I think the biggest takeaway from this game was how much Dallas and Dallas fans uh, took the moral victory because they played very well. Obviously, with Dak coming off of an injury, not really knowing how he would play. I don't like to get too high or low on week one outcomes. So I'm not going to put so much stock into the Cowboys uh, being you know, this team that everybody thinks is now up there with those top teams. Um, but I'm also not going to sell them short. I thought Dak played a really good game, threw for 400 yards, three touchdowns. He looked good coming off of that ankle injury. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to put too much stock in there, but uh, I think it was a great win for the Bucks. And, you know, Dak looks good, so that's uh, that's good for the for the Cowboys moving forward. What do you think? Yeah, I think I, you got some high-quality takeaways. Again, we're not going to uh, to ramp up on week one projections, but I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you got to be pretty excited. You put up 29 points against a really good defense. Dak threw the ball 58 times in his return back as a starter, which is a pretty astronomical number for a guy that didn't play majority of the year last year due to injury. My concern, uh, Zeke only grabbing 11 carries. Granted, that defensive front end for the Bucks is... What do you think? It's got to be one of the best in the NFL right now, even though it's up there. Points doesn't seem to prove it, but 
I think you got to get Zeke more involved so it opens up that pass game a little bit. But the fact that you're seeing a quarterback that's coming back from a pretty gruesome injury throwing the ball 58 times is a nice sentiment to uh, to America's team. So quality game, a lot of points scored. Bucks kind of did exactly what they thought we would do. Tom Brady played a great game. Antonio Brown is getting more and more comfortable with that offense, rejoining Tom Brady back from when he's in New England. He put up some high-quality fantasy points. I would say look out for him. He might take over a little bit more of a role, uh, even though you do have that Chris Godwin-Michael Evans combination. But all in all, heck of a game to start the season. Really enjoyed watching it, and nobody complains about a lot of points being put on the board, right? Certainly not going to complain about that. Uh, let's move on because we have so many games to get to. Uh, we'll jump into the Eagles-Falcons game. Uh, definitely uh, a lopsided uh, affair. Uh, Eagles winning 32-6 to in um, Jalen Hurts' debut for... I mean, I know he started games, but debut as their uh, opening game starter. Uh, Nick Sirianni, right. is that his name, the, the head coach? Nick Sirianni, um, you know, his debut as, as head coach. Look, man, I, again, going back to not putting so much stock into week one, um, I thought Jalen Hurts looked good. Three touchdowns, you know, through 35 times for 264 yards. I thought he looked good. And, you know, everything you know about Jalen Hurts is that he's a gym rat. He loves the game of football. He wants to be successful. So, I mean, look, you can't really take, I'm not going to take anything away from what they did because I thought, I thought the Eagles were going to be really bad this year. I took them, I picked them to lose this game, uh, for them to, to win and for them to really outclass the Falcons the way that they did. I, I think you, you can't help but be especially me as a Giant fan, nervous about what this team can do. Their defense looked good. Their defensive front was getting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, look, if if Jalen Hurts is going to give you those type of numbers, um, you know, if Devontae Smith is going to to become that legit number one receiver, which they drafted him to be, and he looked and he looked good, man, you know, in a in a bad division that is the NFC East. They could compete. I mean, I, I feel like anybody can compete in, in that bad of a division, but if their defense is going to get pressure the way that they did, uh, if Jalen Hurts can keep turnovers down and Devontae Smith can come out and be that number one uh, that they drafted him to be along with, you know, the speedy guy, Jalen Rager, man, this team is definitely going to to have something to say about uh, the, the NFC East and uh, moving forward, you know, who knows? Maybe they've... Maybe they've found their their franchise quarterback in, in Jalen Hurts, and now you start to to build around him. Yeah, the franchise quarterback still might be a little bit early, but I think we're kind of understanding how tough it is to stop a dual-threat quarterback in the NFL. I mean, not only did the guy have a 126 passer rating, but he ran for, for 62 yards on seven carries. So we're not going to dive into why they're going to win the NFC East, even though they're going to, but... Slow down. You go into Atlanta, you go into Mercedes-Benz, a game where you're hoping Matt Ryan's going to show up and show out, and they just absolutely put a spanking on the Falcons. Now, we can play some violin music because we see a different Falcons team at the start of every season. One year they might go 11-5, and five to end up playing in the Super Bowl. Another year they go 
uh, you know, five and 11 and, and they're not making the playoffs. Again, they play in a very tough conference in that NFC South, but I think there's a lot of great takeaways from that Eagles win. Devonta Smith looked fantastic in that debut. He is most likely going to be your true number one as the season goes on. Um, but again, the ability to have a dual threat quarterback that can throw the ball downfield as well as scramble out of the pocket is going to provide a lot of problems for future defenses, especially in that NFC East. Um, so I love what I saw. Uh, he's going to make mistakes, but you're now going to tailor an offensive scheme around him because of what he can do with the ball in his hands. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's I, it, an exciting game to watch. Though. Yeah, I, it's funny because I, you know, I think everybody thought that uh, in the NFC South, you, it'd probably be the Falcons and the Bucks competing for that division just with Drew Brees leaving. But uh, and we'll obviously talk about uh, New Orleans later, but. Um, you know, it's starting to look like, you know, the Falcons are, 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 it doesn't really seem, you know, a loss like that to a rebuilding Eagles team. I mean, you got to feel for, for Matt Ryan, hopefully, you know, I'd love to, I'd love for them to find a way to, to trade him to, uh, uh, some team that, that needs a quarterback that can be a contender with a quarterback, a la Matt Stafford, because, you know, it sucks to just see, uh, you know, him sort of dwindle the the last days of of his career um you know with a team that that just clearly not built to to win now uh moving on uh let's jump into the Steelers and the Bills game uh the Steelers getting a 23 to 16 win uh over the Bills another shocking um you know result a lot of people were high on the Bills uh, obviously, preseason, Josh Allen, everybody's talking about him, um, you know, taking another step, potentially winning uh, that MVP. Dude, I, I got to say, you know, it's, it's just like uh, the, the Falcons-Eagles um, game, very surprised by the outcome of this game. Did not expect for the Bills to, to lay an egg. Definitely thought they'd score more than 16 points in, in their opener. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, 30 for 51 for 270 yards, but only one touchdown. Look, the Steelers' defense, uh, their front seven is ridiculous. Um, TJ Watt is worth all of that money that he just got. Big contract. Might be the most disruptive uh, defensive end in the league right now as we speak. I know some people will argue that, but... Uh, you can't take anything away from, uh, you know, what he's doing. Uh, again, it wasn't a very high-scoring game, uh, 23-16. The Steelers' offense wasn't anything to write home about, but neither was the Bills' offense. You know, really a, a defensive struggle here. Um, again, not going to get too high or too low on a Week 1 win and a Week 1 loss for either team, but... I was definitely surprised by the outcome. What were your thoughts? Uh, your main takeaway is the defenses, right? I mean, you had a, uh, it was 10 nothing at the half, and Buffalo was up. So the takeaway is that both defenses played good. I don't want to say I didn't see this coming because when you play Ben Roethlisberger week one, you don't know what you're going to get. They started off the season 11-0 last year, but he's a guy that's been there as a Super Bowl champion, future Hall of Famer. Josh Allen... Didn't have a great offensive line for most of the day. We'll tell you he was hurried upwards of 16 to 20 times, a couple different sacks. So he needs some help up in the trenches. But, yeah, it was a defensive battle. He didn't look great. A lot of, I want to say, 
presumptuous throws. He didn't really get as aggressive as we wanted him to be, especially uh, on a high note. Everybody's talking about him being an MVP candidate, start the season, taking that next level, as you mentioned. Um, but this is one of your better matchups in week one from a competition standpoint. Watching both these teams come come together for week one was nice. As New Yorkers, we want to see the uh, the Bills bandwagon be successful. It just makes the NFL so much more fruitful to watch. But the takeaway here was a great defensive game. Stefan Diggs had a nice little game. He caught nine passes, which is great if you have him in some PPR leagues. But Ultimately, I don't think it was a blemish on either team's record. We're going to see how they play out as the weeks go on, but you are going to need Josh Allen to produce a little bit more than he did. But again, that's all based on the the guys in the trenches up front protecting him. Right, and and I you know I still think they have you know I think I still think the Bills are in the driver's seat to win uh, the AFC East. Yeah, um, you very know. very fortunate position with what that conference looks like right now. Right, you know you got a young quarterback in Mac Jones, young quarterback in into. Uh, uh, young quarterback in uh, Zach Wilson, and we'll we'll touch on all those guys in a little bit. Um, so, you know, I think Josh Allen's the best quarterback in that division. I still have them winning that division, still having them winning, you know, 10-plus games. So let's not get too highs on the highs again, not too lows on the lows, and uh, we'll move on. Next game, uh, A, the Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals. I know that one, uh, that one holds – Hold some significance in, in your heart, so I'll let you start off and, and just give you a take on that game. My take is Kirk Cousins is who he thought he would be. All right, like, I, um, I envy the fact that they were able to make a, a late play in the game to get back to a tie at the end of regulation, but Dalvin Cook had a pretty rough game. You want to talk about a very bad offensive line. The Minnesota Vikings just need to work desperately uh, you know, in, in that department because Kirk Cousins was hurried, but more importantly, Dalvin Cook, who led the league in rushing last year, was only able to put together, what, 60, 65 yards, which is not going to win you football games when you're the Minnesota Vikings. I thought Adam Thielen was a bright spot uh, in the offense. Um, again, he caught nine receptions. He looks good. But going back to Kirk Cousins, it is the prototypical Kirk Cousins. He's going to have a relatively decent passer rating. He's going to throw the ball north of 40, 45 times. Most of them are going to be check downs within a six-yard route. And he's going to look really good from a completion percentage and a passer rating standpoint, but he's not going to be able to win your football game. So, you know, I could get lost in uh, in Minnesota Vikings talk all day just because I think uh, what they got going on is pretty pathetic. Um, but on the contrary, Joe Burrow getting a week one win as a – Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Mixon ran the ball incredibly well. Jamar Chase had a nice showing, and we can laugh a little bit about the Jamar Chase situation, how he's talking about how NFL balls are a little bit harder to see because you can only see the laces and not the white stripes. Whether that was a nice little uh, publicity stunt for him to go out and and uh, and catch uh, over 100 yards uh, for, for over 100 yards is a pretty, uh, pretty nice little piece of irony, but nevertheless, not the game that people are necessarily thrown on to watch on a, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I didn't catch too much of this game. Obviously had red zone on. So saw some highlights, uh, but yeah, you know, getting back to your, your point about Kirk cousins. Um, look, they're, they're kind of, they're stuck with them because of the contract, but you know, if you're the Minnesota Vikings fans, front office, whoever, if you have any stake in the Minnesota Vikings, you cannot wait to say goodbye to this guy, Kirk cousins, the fans, the front office, the team, you know, no, despite 
you know, what he can give you. And like you said, he's going to have a good, he's going to have a decent, you know, passer rating. He's, he can throw for a lot of yards. A lot of them are going to be check downs. Kirk, the writing is on the wall with Kirk Cousins. Like, you know, his ceiling, you know, Kirk Cousins, when it comes down to it, is not going to be able to get you over the hump or he's not talented enough to get you over the hump to win you, you know, football games. He can keep you in them. You know, he did that this week, but I just feel like with a guy like Kirk Cousins where we just, we know who he is, I think it's hard to galvanize uh, a locker room to play up, um, you know, when 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 necessary, when, when you feel like the guy who is supposed to be leading you, you know, has deficiencies and, you know, is not going to ultimately be able to to win you playoff games and, and, and win you championships. And really in a game like the, in a game like professional football, you know, you're always you're always trying to win. You know, everybody's trying to win championships. Everybody's trying to win, you know, every given Sunday. And, you know, when you have a guy who you sort of have to prop up like her cousins, it's really hard to, to have the backing of, um, you know, of your team. And you ultimately end up losing close games like we saw them lose this weekend. And then on the flip side, when you have a guy like Joe Burrow, who the entire organization and the entire fan base and the entire locker room can get behind high on him. God, you know, boy, can, can guys really play up, you know, because they feel like this guy gives us a chance to win every, you know, single game. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's what separates guys from, you know, guys like Joe Burrow and, and Kirk cousins, you know, guys that quarterbacks that you have uh, extreme confidence in that on any given Sunday, they can win you a game. And a guy like Kirk Cousins, who we know, you know, on any given Sunday, you know, he can check down you to death. All, all facts. Like, going back to – give me a Matty Ryan. Give me a Matty Ice. You insert him into an offense like that with some explosive characters on the outside, you're going to love him. I know we got a lot to get through, but I want to break this up real quick because I uh, – we're, we're both red zone guys, right? That's, yep. Whether you – want to be or not you love the fact that you'll get to watch all the explosive plays but more importantly all the touchdowns i was watching this weekend and i kind of said to myself and this is more or less what i want your opinion on but scott hansen my boy love to hear his voice just because you know football season's back right i don't know if that's a voice i can listen to for seven hours every sunday although he got me pretty pumped up here week one yeah i mean i mean i i love Obviously, I love Red Zone and Scott Hansen. To your point, Scott Hansen's voice is like a dream. It was like a dream come true this weekend, right? Like I couldn't be, I couldn't have been more excited um, to just shit be back watching football on a Sunday. You know, with thirty dollars worth of Chinese going down my, uh, you know, going down my fucking throat. Um, Big Sunday. Dude, uh, Sunday football and Chinese food, it might as well be my religion. Um, But, yeah, look, we we got a lot to get to. Let's move on to uh, the next. Did I answer your question? I I don't don't think. It doesn't matter. You gave me the opinion I was looking for. All right. Moving on to the next game. Uh, Dude, this game, 49ers versus Lions. I don't know if you. I caught the the end of it. Um, It was, dude, that was nuts. That's the only part you wanted to watch. Yeah, I mean, everything else was a, was a blowout by the 49ers. Um, you know, 49ers winning 43, 41 to 33. The score, not indicative of how that game uh, played out. Uh, the Lions making a, a late game surge. Uh, they did fall short. 
But yeah, man, I, I think, look, the Lions, I, I could appreciate, uh, I can appreciate the comeback because they didn't stop fighting. And for a team that most people believe are in a complete rebuild and are really just playing for, you know, the number one overall pick or, you know, to have a good draft capital, it was really good to see that, you know, they fought till the end. Um, nothing really new about the 49ers. I think we all expect them to be a very good team this year, uh, you know, right in the thick of things. They're obviously in the best division in, in all of football. Not really sure what happened at the end. You know, the wheels kind of came off or maybe they took their foot off the gas. Um, you know, awesome for them to get Nick Bosa back. Uh, yeah, not, not too much to, to go off of in this game other than that, that late game comeback, which was exciting. I think we all thought that the 49ers would win this game, which they did. Um, your thoughts. Yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately you lost to Raheem Moser who gets placed on IR, which is a tough loss week one, but he's on my fantasy league. Hence me scoring less than 50 points in a half point PPR league. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Rest in peace, Tito's fantasy squad. But I think we uh, we knew what was going to happen. When Nick Bosa comes back, you know, that's an elite defense, as they were a few years ago. Everybody healthy on the, the backside of the ball is going to make for really entertaining football. They played really well. Jimmy Garoppolo looked great. They only had him throw 25 times. They wanted to distribute the ball to the wide variety of weapons that they now have. You got a running back, Elijah Mitchell, who kind of came out of nowhere to rush for over 100 yards. So we kind of knew what we were getting with them. They're going to be a good team. As you mentioned, that NFC West is going to be absolutely nasty. So, um, but again, on the contrary, these poor Detroit Lions fans, it looks like you're strapping in for what you've been uh, <laughs> dealing with for the past decade, which is you're going to have a really, really good promising quarterback that's going to be able to sling the rock. Uh, but he doesn't have many other weapons to use Jamal Williams came through and showed up and showed out as a nice little addition coming over from the Packers within that NFC North. But man, these poor Lions fans, Jared Goff is a very similar quarterback to Matt Stafford, where he's going to throw the ball 55 times. He's going to produce a lot of yards. He's going to put up some great numbers, but if you don't have a defense and you don't have many weapons to utilize, you're going to be sitting at five and 11. Well, now what do we got? We got 70 games here, five and 12. Five and thirteen, and going to be dealing with the same shit they've been dealing with for roughly a decade. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from them. Couldn't you know? I feel bad for Jared Goff. You know, he throws a good football. I'm just not really sure. He's a starting quarterback in this league, um, but he's just guys played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a starting quarterback in this league. Obviously, the Rams moved on from from him from Matt Stafford. Obviously, you're not gonna you're not gonna shit on the Rams for doing that, but you know, can't feel, you know, feel super bad for Jared Goff because I do, do think he's a good quarterback. He's just going to be in a really bad situation moving forward. Uh, just business. Let, right. Let's move on from that next game. Uh, we're we're going to touch on was the Arizona Cardinals versus Tennessee Titans game, which was uh, a blowout. Uh, I think Chandler Jones have like five sacks. Was it dude? Just completely owned Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan actually came out and apologized, said that he got his ass kicked, which he absolutely did. Um, dude, Kyler Murray looked Kyler Murray looked very good. Uh, you know, had the one interception, but you know, threw 32 times for 289 yards. Uh look, th this was a, a complete blowout. The 
Cardinals have really put all their chips in the middle of the table and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to go for it. Uh, you know, offseason signing of A.J. Green when you already had, you know, Christian Kirk and, um, and De- De- DeAndre Hopkins. You have Chandler Jones, but you go out and you sign J.J. Watt. The Arizona Cardinals are telling you that, you know, they're going to try to be, uh, you know, they're not trying to hear shit about the Rams and the Seattle Seahawks uh, and the 49ers. They're trying to be just as competitive in this division. Uh, Again, it's the best division in football. And I think they made a statement this weekend, um, you know, against a a playoff team last year. You know, the Tennessee Titans were were a playoff team last year. Uh, Arizona um, really just went in there and dominated and so you know hats off to 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 them uh to lincoln riley lincoln riley's their coach right cliff kingsbury cliff kingsbury still at oklahoma cliff kingsbury lincoln riley is still at oklahoma Couple of young studs though yeah yeah easy 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 mix up don't uh don't kill me for that but yeah i mean on the other side uh tennessee titans dude derrick henry 17 carries for 58 yards uh not going to get it done. Um, not not going to get it done by by any means. Uh, you bring in Julio Jones, three receptions for for twenty nine yards. Look, I'm I'm a fan of. I'm not going to say I'm not a fan of Derrick Henry. I'm a fan of Derrick Henry, but in a league where, you know, everything is predicated on the pass, and you know he's a he's a you know. Under center, hand the ball off to him, you know, type of running back. He's not really the the best, you know, pass catcher, you know, not really what he's known for. I just don't think um, that kind of football is going to really translate in today's NFL. You know, a guy like Derrick Henry is great, but when you go up against a D-line that has a Chandler Jones and a J.J. Watt, you know, guys that can really you know, stuff you at the line of scrimmage, you're not going to really get that much value from from a guy like Derrick Henry, which is going to force Ryan Tannehill to really be a pocket passer, not going to really have the the play action to work off of. And so uh, hopefully this is just, again, we're not going to get too high on the highs, too lows on the lows. Hopefully they can get Derrick Henry going, um, you know, come week two. But yeah, not a great showing by Tennessee. Definitely a statement by the Arizona Cardinals that they're uh, they're here. They're a team to be reckoned with. And uh, yeah, your thoughts? I mean, it's it's a straight testament to that to that Arizona front four. I mean, they went out and they rebuild. And Derrick Henry, who's an absolute stud, he's a workhorse. He's a big boy. He's going to get back into it. He's going to have a hell of a season. But like you said, it's very predicated on the pass. It's on the pass. Excuse me. And. When you have a guy like Derrick Henry in a Tennessee Titans team that heavily relies on that individual to rush for 125, 150, 50 yards a game, guess what? Guess what type of strategic game plans are coming from defensive coordinators? Stop the shit out of the run. Let's make Ryan Tannehill pass the ball. And if he can, great. That's how we're going to lose. But the Tennessee Titans were an AFC championship team last year solely based on the fact that Derrick Henry put the team on his back and got there, right? But enough about the Titans. You've covered everything on the Arizona Cardinals. They're here to stay. They are absolutely fucking explosive on every side of the ball on that offensive, uh, on the offensive side. And they're going to be really fun to watch. Kyler Murray, another guy that's going to be hard to game plan around because he's such a dual threat quarterback. 
A lot of Patrick Mahomes-like things came out of him this weekend. Uh, like we like to laugh about, he runs for 75 yards before getting back to the line of scrimmage to throw for 15. Um, but I'm excited to watch that division, man. It's going to be crazy to see uh, everything come to fruition. Dude, every and team I, every team in that division won this week. Every team. It's, in- they're going to be unbelievable. You have every team in that division that could – you could look someone in the eyes and say that they can compete for a Super Bowl this year. Uh, dude, they, they all you know? won, and they all won relatively handily. Obviously, the 49ers had the uh, the comeback, but, I mean, before the comeback, dude, they dominated. Um, it's a good segue into the next game that we want to cover, the, uh, the Seahawks and the Colts. Um, you want to start? You want me to go? I'll hit it off. Russell Wilson is a proven successful quarterback. Kyler Murray looks really good in that second Does that sound well, coming from you? It's your fan in the back. No ego amigo? Modify if you need to. Because I've been on mute the whole time. I can still hear it. Oh, man. Sorry about that, guys. I have uh, I have some uh, windows open right now, so you just caught a, a nice little... Did you hear that? I did not. What was it? Uh, I was. Uh, it was an ad for Peloton. I'm for the, so for everybody listening. I'm on uh, ESPN.com right now. Um, just looking at you know some scores and kind of going through the list of the games we're covering. And sure enough, a Peloton um, commercial comes up. So sorry, sorry that you guys had to hear that. Uh, little technical. You think that's a sign. <laughs> that yeah i don't i don't i'm not sure um i'm definitely not getting a peloton i do enough bike riding on my own bike um i'm not a big spin person i'd much rather run or go ride my bike or lift but let's uh let's get back to the seattle seahawks uh colts game uh this again was another um you know nfc west dominating game uh russell wilson looked as good as I've ever seen Russell Wilson look, I mean, a couple of years ago, Russell Wilson did um, uh, a segment, or Brian, uh, Brian Gumbel, one of my favorite shows, Real Sports with Brian Gumbel, they did a segment on Russell Wilson. And one of the last questions that Brian Gumbel asked Russell Wilson was, um, you know, do you think you'll ever get to another Super Bowl? And super confidently, Russell Wilson was like, I'll get there. He's like, just, you know, do you see the work that I put in? He's like, I- I'll get there. And I say that to say he looked as good and as buttoned up and as on point as I think I've ever seen Russell Wilson. Like every, Boys. dude, every single year, you can just tell that the guy's been in his bag over the summer, getting better, fine tuning, you know, his game, you know, working out with his guys, like, and dude, how how undervalued is is Tyler Lockett? That dude is a stud. I mean, we don't look at him as a, a top receiver in the league, but the guy just you know, especially his connection with Russell Wilson. I I I, I dare you to find me uh, you know many NFL quarterback wide receiver connections uh, better than than that. Um, you know, Russell Wilson. Uh, Threw for 254 yards, four touchdowns, you know, 152 uh, passer rating. I think that might be a perfect passer rating. Um, they didn't get much, you know, they didn't get much on the ground. Uh, well, eh, Chris Carson's almost had 100, 100 yards. But um, 
look, not much to talk about when you, you know, when talking about this game. Uh, I think the Seahawks came out, proved that, you know, they were the better team. Uh, on the flip side, Carson Wentz didn't have a, you know, didn't have a terrible game. They weren't able to run the football that well. I mean, they did run for 100 yards. Um, look, I think uh, Darius Leonard, the middle linebacker for uh, the Colts, came out and basically just said that they got their asses kicked. Um, and, you know, I don't think the score, again, was not indicative of, you know, how this game actually played out. The Seahawks, uh, you know, were dominant. Uh, their front seven looked pretty good against a Colts offensive line that, you know, people think was a top five offensive line in the league. So um, you have to be excited if you're a Seahawks fan about that front seven looking good. I mean, if they can put up, you know, if they if their front seven can be, you know, relatively good, uh, give you some sacks, create turnovers, you know, get Russell Wilson in that offense, the, the ball back, especially when you think about them going up against uh, the teams in, in their division. Um, you know, this could be that, this could be that year. You know, Russell Wilson was very, like I said, he very adamant about the fact that, you know, he puts in the work and, you know, he thinks, he truly thinks that he's going to win another Super Bowl. And, you know, this could, this could very well be that, that year for the Seahawks. I think we're seeing a Colts team that's going to make Carson Wentz look really, really good because they have an outstanding defense and a great offensive line. So he's going to be in the driver's seat to look pretty decent all year round. They're just asking him to not make mistakes. Very Kirk Cousins-like. But you hit it on that. Russell Wilson looked poised. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't high on Tyler Lockett because DK kind of came out as that definitive number one last year. So a lot of people thought, okay, that relationship with Tyler Lockett is dwindling. Not dwindling. There's strong relationship Great characters, love to be there for each other in the locker room. But ultimately, I thought it was going to be DK's year. You know, the development, the time that they've spent together. Um, but as always, we're surprised and, and shocked when a Tyler Lockett comes out and produces a game like that, even though we shouldn't be. But nevertheless, let's dive into the next. Yep. You don't, and dude, just to piggyback off, DK had four receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. So, right, you know, I, right. I think, I think it, yeah, that, that not bad. And I, I think you know, the comfortability that Russell Wilson has now with both those guys, it's like, okay, pick your poison because DK's a monster. There's not many teams that have guys that you're not going to, there, there's not many teams that there's not many teams that are going to have guys where you can just say, okay, you know, single up DK Metcalf and a lot of regards. Can't do it. Yeah. So who's going to get the one-on-one -on -one coverage DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? Because I tell you now, I'll tell you what, if you think you can just cover Tyler Lockett with one guy and you don't have to have help over the top, He's going to beat you. Um, let's, move, more. Yep, let's move on from that. Next game that we're going to jump into. Chargers skins. Chargers red skins. You want me to start? You want to go? I mean, uh, not a game that somebody necessarily wanted to have on their TV throughout the day. But nope. what I will say after watching the Chargers a little bit last year is this, this LA team is very high on Justin Herbert. And as they should be, the guy looks pretty sexy. Uh, for a young guy that's still got acne on the face and looks like he's 18 years old, in theory he's, what, 22, 23, very poised in the pocket, looks great. They have him throwing the ball quite a bit more than you presumptuously want to. Uh, Keenan Allen is here to stay. Obviously, he's going to put up numbers year over year that are just going to impress you. Granted, he's just about all they have unless Michael Williams wants to get involved. But the Washington defense is a defense that's been perpetually good, so you always look out for them. They 
get a lot of heat in fantasy leagues and get picked up. But um, I'm kind of impressed that Washington was able to keep it this close after Ryan Fitzpatrick went out with the hip injury and you got a guy like Taylor Hankey coming in. So at the end of the day, good for the Chargers start the season 1-0. They're in a NFC West where we know you got really nobody other than the Chiefs with the exception of the Oakland Raiders that surprised on Monday night, which we'll dive into. But uh, all in all, close game. Interesting game to watch. Wasn't circled as my game of the week by any means. Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, shout out Justin Herbert. Um, you know, he looks like he's going to be the real deal. Um, you know, shout out to, to the Oregon Ducks getting a big win. Uh, his alma mater against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's right. That's right. That big was win. that was Top huge. That was huge. That I mean. The, Justin Herbert might have been more excited about that win than he was beating the Washington Redskins this week. I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, well, he got lucky that that game was on Saturday. That just gave him some extra fuel in the arsenal to, uh, to utilize come Sunday. He did, he did have an interception, but I mean, God, threw for 337 yards. Um, you know, nothing, no slap. I mean, the one interception came against a Washington defense who people think is a a top five defense in the league, especially with their front four, uh, Chase Young and those guys. Um, yeah, to your point, not, you know, this game didn't really look sexy on paper. Um, you know, it's a, it's the Chargers who are, you know, the stepbrother uh, as far as like football teams go in the LA area. And then you have, you know, the Washington Redskins who were being led by Ryan Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, Love the guy, love his story, love his journey, but we know, you know, get, going back to... Um, we know what we're getting. We know what we're know getting. What we're you know, we, know we everybody knows what they're getting with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I think it goes back to, who was the, talk, the quarterback we were talking about to begin with? Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know? It's the same thing. It's guys in the locker room, guys in the front office, fans... You know, we know what the we know we know what the limitations are with these guys. You know, we know how far, you know, we know what the ceiling is. So it's really hard to to buy in. Um obviously you never want guys to get hurt. You know, hopefully there, you know, you get a speedy recovery. But again, even when he does recover and he comes back, it's like, are you really wasting your time having Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, lead your your team? Um, you know, I believe that to be true. We'll see what Taylor. You said Hanky. Believe Taylor it's Hanky. Believe it's Heineke. Believe it's believe it's pronounced Heineke. But we'll, well Hanky Hanky fits. Hanky as fits. As long as he doesn't play like Heine, they might be all right. <laughs> but let me ask you this: I am I, I do not have an active healthcare license, and I have not made my way through medical school. But if you want to know if a guy's old or not, I think a hip injury is really kind of that bar that needs to be set. Hip injuries are what happened to. 60-year-olds after they need a hip replacement from walking uh, throughout their life. So the fact that a guy snagged a hip injury this late in his career, who knows what's going to come of it. Yeah, I, I saw I saw the replay of him going down. He tried he tried to, like, break his fall with his knee, and then the Lyman's, all the, all the Lyman's weight came down, like, on his, like, knee, which I'm sure, like, separated, like, uh, something in his hip, or he, like, fractured something in his hip. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean... If I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, really, you're going to try to come back from a hip injury? Just, you know, you've had a great career. You've made a ton of money. You know, as far as, you know, football fans go, he's the most popular backup quarterback that we've ever seen, probably. If I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm thinking maybe it's maybe it's time to to, to hang it up. And, and with that... Hey, guys, a Harvard grad. Go into coaching. 
go into coaching, right? Like do, do something, you know, use that brain for, for something better, um, you know, than, than being, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzmagic, someone who <laughs> no one really puts a, a lot of stock into. But we'll move on from that game. Uh, the next game we want to touch on is New York Jets versus Panthers. Sam Darnold returns. Actually, no, that game, that game was in Carolina. So Sam Darnold gets right. some payback against his former uh, team, the team that uh, drafted him, the one that he had no success with. Um, look, I, 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 you know, I had this game circled on, um, you know, my wherever I circle games. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted yeah, to open that dome. Yeah, I wanted to. You know, I was very excited to see how Sam Darnold would play against his former team. Um, you know, I always thought that Sam Darnold had the tools to be a very good quarterback in this league. Just wasn't given the organizational backing to be successful. Um, he looked good. Uh, you know, obviously it pays to have a guy like Christian McCaffrey that you can, you know, hand the ball off to and dump the ball off to, um, you know, when, when you're in crisis in the pocket, not going to, again, put too much into this game because it was the Jets and they're obviously rebuilding with a, um, you know, rookie quarterback, and I'll, I'll touch on him in a second. But yeah, I, I I don't think you could. I couldn't be any happier for Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, he's got Matt Rule, he's got uh, weapons, he's got an organization. So I think in the next year or two, we'll really get to see whether or not Sam Darnold is actually a, a starting quarterback and a franchise quarterback in this league. On the flip side. Look, if you're a Jets fan, you're not, you know, there's there's not really any high expectations. You know this team's not going to make the playoffs. Really what I think you're looking for and what you're seeing right now is, you know, how Zach Wilson, uh, how he transitions to the NFL game. And uh, I think from the preseason, from week one, what you're seeing is that this kid can sling it. Um, this kid, oh, yeah. he's got an arm, you know, he's comfortable you know, he lets the game come to him. Um, you know, I was telling somebody the other, the other day, I think for the first time in maybe 20 years, the Jets probably have the better quarterback uh, in New York, uh, especially when we talk about, you know, when we talk about uh, the Giants versus the Jets. Uh, I know it's only one game, um, and I'm a Giant fan, so it doesn't, you know, it does nothing for me to say this. I think the Jets might have the, the, better, the better quarterback uh, as far as the new, uh, as far as the, the two uh, New York teams go, look, I, I've been in, I know they only scored 14 points. Uh, you know, they were shut out in the first half. But, you know, when you look at what Zach Wilson does when he's on the run, when you look at how effortlessly the ball looks when it comes out of his hand, how it guides through the air, I think if you're the Jets, if you're their organization, if you're a fan base, again, don't put too much stock into this season because they're not going to be very good this year. But right, be happy right. that be happy that it looks like you've found uh, your franchise quarterback. I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's a few few imperative things that you look at when you're looking at a quarterback, right? It's how well can he make decisions, how well can he get the ball out of his hands, and how well can he play under pressure. Obviously, he had an interception, but him and Corey Davis had two touchdowns together, so that's going to be a nice little connection to look forward to in the future. But 
He looked poised in the pocket. We know he's got a really good arm, and he was able to get the ball out quick. So with the exception of the exception of the one interception, he looked pretty good from a decision-making standpoint. On the flip side, Carolina, they got a great coach in Matt Rule. Sam Darnold had this penciled in as a redemption game. I am a big fan, and I think it's very underestimated uh, how sexy him and Robbie Anderson are going to look this year because we got to remember that was a combination that came to fruition in New York a few years ago. Now they're both in Carolina. So I think that they have some camaraderie built uh, from the past and, and the relationship that they currently have. So that'll be exciting to watch. But neither one of these teams are a playoff team. They're going to compete in some games. But it's, it's uh, again, not something we need to look forward to too much into the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on from this game. And uh, so – and. For those of you listening, I know we try to keep these episodes to 45 minutes apiece. This one's going to go a little bit over because we have all the games to cover. Um, the next game that we're looking at, and we can breeze through this because no one really gives it. No one gives a shit about this game. The Texans over the Jaguars, 37-21. Look, um, the Jaguars, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence looks amazing. He's obviously a franchise quarterback. They don't have very much talent on their team. Obviously, you know, losing to the Texans, who are another team that doesn't have very much talent. A lot of savvy veterans on the uh, on the Texans team. Um, obviously, sure. yeah, Tyrod Taylor proved that um, you know he can fill in, uh, you know, win games, uh, you know, against bad teams. Not going to get too much into this game. Um, you know, both teams are going to be really, really bad this year. Neither team is going to make the the playoffs. Um, you know, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, nothing more to be said. I think the key takeaways from this game are, one, the Texans are not going to go 0-16 without Deshaun Watson. And, uh, and two, if you're looking for, like, some, some, some RB3s or 4s or 5s to throw on your fantasy roster, maybe go look at, like, a, Mel, uh, a Mark Ingram or a Philip Lindsay or a David Johnson. They're going to get a lot of touches this year because who the hell trusts Tyrod Taylor to throw the ball more than 35 times, right? Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Browns Chiefs. Um, Dude, this was an awesome. I think this was in one of the early games um, uh, Sunday. I, 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 I vividly this game was on at the same whatever. Not 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 important. I remember I, I watched a lot. Of, I watched a lot of this game. Um, obviously, it was a huge game. You know, Chiefs are going to be right in the thick of things. You know, as they have been the past couple of years. Uh, but the Browns have a really really good roster. Uh, I think you're really just hoping that Baker doesn't fuck it up. Um, you know, great game. Browns looked very good early, you know, running the football. Uh, I thought they had every chance to win this game. But, you know, there's that guy, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he might be, dude, he's almost as close to perfect as it comes when you talk about quarterbacks. You know, he can he can run. He can... Um, he can throw the football. He's, you know, he's reading defenses now. It's really not much that he can't do from a quarterback, you know, perspective. And, you know, he gives that team an opportunity to to win every single ball game. Doesn't matter if they're they're down, you know, two or three scores as we as he's proven, you know, he can come back in games. I, you know, every game I watch of his, you know, he just seems to be getting better and better. Um, you know, on the flip side. You know, you have a guy like Baker Mayfield who 
you know, again, he he has a ceiling. I'm not I'm not going to knock Baker Mayfield and say he's not a starting quarterback in this league. He is, but he's one of those guys who needs everything around him to be working uh, in order for him to be successful. He's not he's not going to be a guy. He's he's not Patrick Mahomes, right? He can't. He's not going to be able to win you games. You know, he's a he's a game manager. He's got his limitations, and I think in that game, you know, when when the game got close and, you know, Baker was forced to be a pocket passer, those limitations, they, they come out, um, you know, when he can't rely on the run game, when he can't rely on, on the play action, you know, he has those limitations and look, they can, they, they can, they're a contender. They are a contender, but they're going to have to win a certain way. They're going to have to run the football. They're going to have to run play action and if they get to a point where, like they did in this game, where Baker's going to have to become a, a, a pocket passer and defenses can, can, defenses can pin their ears back and, you know, you can drop seven, um, you know, into coverage, you know, they're, they're going to struggle if they, if they get into games like that. They're, they're going to be a playoff team. I have them winning uh, their division just because of all the talent that they have on the team. Not going to get, again, not too high on the highs, not too lows on the lows. Kansas City is obviously going to be in the thick of things all year. Um, but I do have the Browns winning their division. I think they'll have a good year. Your thoughts? I, yeah, I think it's uh, it's key to know, too, that that's a pretty good division as well. Steelers with a big opening week win. Ravens got shocked on Monday night, but you can never count out Lamar Jackson. But And, again, the Bengals did win. Um, like we're saying, not high on the highs, low on the lows, but – the top three teams in that in that conference are going to be pretty strong all year as well. Um, let's see what happens when OBJ comes back and he's relatively healthy. He gives a, a little bit more weaponry on the outside. Jarvis Landry, I think he's going to have a, a much better year than he did last year. But you're 100% right. Baker Mayfield didn't throw a touchdown. They started that game absolutely on fuego. It was their game to lose at halftime. But we got Mahomes and crew that showed up and showed out. Kansas City, they're... X factor all year is going to be how well that defense can play. You already know what you're going to get on the offensive side of the ball. They're explosive. Tyreek Hill <laughs> caught 200 yards worth of worth of passes, uh, 11 different receptions. So he's, I mean, we already know what he is. You know, there's no need to discuss that. But Travis Kelsey is going to catch five, 10 balls a game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming up. It, they're going to be a team that very well could go undefeated. That's, that's, that's hearsay. But... This Cleveland team is very, very good. They have the talent to be terrific, but they need to learn how to close out big games, and Baker Mayfield is that individual that needs to figure it out, quite frankly. Sweet. Love that. Moving on, uh, Dolphins-Patriots. Um, that was, uh, you know, was it? that was in it. Yeah, a little AFC East matchup. I, I thought, I mean, again, uh, 17 to 16, you know, one-point win. I think what you... I think what you were really trying to take away from this game uh, mostly was how Mac Jones would play and how Tua would play. Uh, look, I'm not, I'm not, bi- I, I'm not big on Tua. Um, I think he's got some limitations that uh, teams will expose. You know, last year him not really being able to take, you know, get command of the of the playbook on top of like the the physical limitations that he has. I think that'll prove to be his downfall. Um, I don't think he is a, a franchise quarterback. And so 
great for him to get a win. I think the stat I heard was, you know, as a starter so far in his career, he's eight and three or eight and four. So you can't take anything away from that. I mean, he's winning football games, but I think, you know, quickly we'll, we'll see that, you know, he's got deficiencies. He's not going to be um, a prolonged starting quarterback or franchise quarterback in this league. Um, I think the team knows that hence why, you know, they've, looked into acquiring Deshaun Watson uh, still, even though not knowing what the future of uh, his career and his playing status looks like. Uh, But again, you know, Tua got the win. Um, You know, it was only, they won by one point and he was playing against a a rookie quarterback in, in Mac Jones. But yeah, I mean, I think for a team as talented as the Miami Dolphins, you would hope that against a, you know, a Mac Jones who was playing in his first career football game that, you know, you could get a little bit more out of Tua, a little bit more than, you know, 200 yards passing. He only, he only had 27 attempts, but you know, they're only giving him 27 attempts, you know, throwing the football for a reason. Um, right. That's what they prefer. Right. And so look, I, I like Mac Jones. I, uh, I loved how Mac Jones came uh, in and, and won that, um, that, that starting quarterback role. Now, I will say this. Maybe you win if Cam Newton is starting for you. But I'm not going to knock the Patriots for going uh, with Mac Jones. I think they'll be good this year just because you have Belichick and you have that defense. And I think Mac Jones will get more comfortable in that offense. Uh, you know, it's funny. The, co- the team that I coach, we our quarterback it was his he's a sophomore and it was his first uh varsity start uh last thursday and you could just tell that the game was moving so fast for this kid um jitters a lot of lot of jitters uh you know he forgot a play call at at one point during the game uh you know we had to burn a timeout because he literally is calling from the huddle coach i forgot the play and um and yeah and, and you know we we know it. You know he's a sophomore. It's his first varsity start. You know the game. The more starts, uh, the more you know attempts, the more plays, the the more the game is going to slow down for him. So you know a guy like Mac Jones, who probably didn't play as well as he could this weekend, the game is going to slow down for him. The more starts, uh, I think that New England will. I think he'll have a good year. I think they're teetering on you know being a, a wild card team, a playoff team. Um, not too much more that I I want to say about this game, but uh. You know, 281 yards, one touchdown. Yeah, they, they asked the guy to throw 40 times in his NFL debut. I mean, I, I think the bright spot for the for the New England Patriots is Damian Harris. He should have a very, very good year. And that defense played, played well. Again, they're a top 10 defense in the NFL. So your takeaway is exactly right. Let the kid get comfortable. Only time will tell. Let's move on. Uh not too much we need to get into about this next game because it was probably the biggest shocker slash blowout of the weekend. Packers Saints, dude. Um, gross. Just gross. Dude, uh, I mean, with, with everything that happened this offseason with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, for them, it, it's – I are you – and, I, and uh, this question is for you. Are you shocked that they came out and laid this much of an egg or do you think – the writing was on the wall given the turmoil that was the off season with the green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, definitely shocked one because the green Bay Packers led the NFL in, in points last year. 
whether Aaron Rodgers is fully devoted to the to the organization, that's a different question. But you you never expect a, a Super Bowl winner and a future Hall of Famer to come out and lay an egg and, and put up a field goal. Like we talked about real quick before the show, there's this stat out where if you throw the ball into the ground every time you attempt to throw, your passer rating is roughly 39. Aaron Rodgers was 15 for 28 with 133 yards, and his passer rating was 36.8. So I'm, I'm more shocked than anything just because whether the writing's on the wall or not, you're never expecting Aaron Rodgers to go out and put three points on the board. But, again, on the contrary, you got to be very impressed with, with famous Jameis, how he – how poised he was, how he controlled himself. They did exactly what he wanted to do. Sean Payton only wanted him to throw 20, 25 times. He threw for 20 times. And five out of those 20 completions were for touchdowns. Right. So how often do you see a guy throw for a buck 48 with five touchdowns? Very rarely. Juwan Johnson looked good. Deontay Harris, you won't have Michael Thomas back for the first five games. Taysom Hill, they utilized a lot less than I thought they would, uh, considering the... The, the contract extension and the, the, the wealth that they provided him with that extension. But they're going to find ways to get him more involved in the offense. But guess what, Taysom Hill? If Jameis continues to play like this, you're probably not going to get a lot of burn at this point in time. But shocked is how I would describe it. Not a great game to watch. In fact, a terrible game to watch. But if you're a Saints fan who just lost, uh, lost your Hall of Fame quarterback, you got to be pretty pumped up. Smile on your face after a game one win. For those of you listening uh, out there, I have um, Aaron Rodgers as my starting quarterback on my fantasy team, and my number one pick was Devontae Adams. Uh, Half-point PPR league, we my team didn't even score 50 points. So uh, this game was pretty awful for me um, from a sense of, you know, watching it because it was just a complete blowout. Aaron Rodgers and the... Uh, Green Bay Packers didn't even seem like they cared. Well, Aaron Rodgers definitely didn't seem like uh, he cared very much about uh, the outcome of this game or, or how the team played overall. Um, my fantasy team looks like it's going to be a huge joke uh, this year. And, um, you know, we, you know, we'll move on from that. I, I did want to touch on Jameis a little bit. Um, can't be, you know, happy for Jameis. Uh, hopefully he can continue um to, to grow within this offense, to grow within, you know, Sean Payton's offense. Uh, hopefully uh, his turnover woes are behind him. Um, you know, if this team can, can if, he, if Jameis Winston can do what he did Sunday, maybe, you know, build more confidence in Sean Payton's ability to let him throw the football more, um, but not turn the ball over. I mean, I think this team, you know, like I said earlier, it couldn't, can compete with, uh, the Buccaneers in that division. I'm not saying that they're going to beat the Buccaneers, but you know they they have a really good defense. Um, you know you have Alvin Kamara. They didn't utilize you know Taysom Hill, which is an S- X factor for them, uh, as we all know. You know this team could be this team could be a force to be reckoned with uh, in that division and uh, in the uh, NFC as a whole. Where a lot of people thought, okay, you lose, you know, Hall of Fame co- uh, caliber quarterback like Drew Brees, so you know you're rebuilding. You know they might not, they might not be uh, in rebuild mode. But um, let's it's move. It's always great to see Jameis without an interception on that box score, too, baby, because you you don't see that quite often. Right. Uh, let's move on to uh, the game that hurt my feelings the most. Um, you know, this past weekend, uh, I, I'm ready oh, to man. I'm ready to jump ship. Um, 
Uh, the New already, York huh? already. Oh, dude, I'm I'm ready to just get rid of uh, Dave Gettleman. I'm ready to uh, get rid of the ento- entire offensive line. Throw them in the fucking dumpster because that's how they play. Um, it, it was bad. Uh, we we made Teddy Bridgewater look like Patrick Mahomes. Um, and don't get me wrong, De- Teddy Bridgewater is a very serviceable quarterback in the NFL. But he's not what we made him look like uh, this past weekend. He, he's not that. Um, you know, just making uh, out-of-character throws. You know, again, he, he doesn't have the, 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 the most arm strength. And, you know, we couldn't get off the field on third down. And our defense is supposed to be the strength of our team. Um, Andrew Thomas, uh, our, our, our number four overall pick, left tackle from last year, looks like he's probably the worst uh, of the bunch of the left tackles that were available, very, very Eric Flowers esque, dude. I'm like, are we, are we go, do we, are we going through this again? Like we dealt with fucking Derek Flowers, uh, Eric Flowers being um, a, a bust at at left tackle, and it looks like Andrew Thomas is is no better. I mean, I'm, I'm seriously, 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 um, you know, and again. I'm a I'm a fan of the New York Giants. Uh, I know I've been preaching this entire show. Don't get too high on the highs or too lows on the lows. But you know Daniel Jones an, with another turnover. Um, you know that was a Gettleman pick. It, it's starting to look like Gettleman missed on Andrew Thomas. And 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 again, if he missed on Andrew Thomas, I think you have to let him go. You had four tackles, four stud left tackles to choose from. We had the first of all the teams that needed a left tackle. We had, you know, we were picking first and it looks like you got the worst one. Um, I don't think you can come. You, I don't think you can come back from that. He hasn't had winning seasons. Uh, I, I think the jury is still out on Joe judge, but um, if the, if, if the season continues, you know, if, if the, if week one was any indication of how our season is going to go, how it's going to play out, I think you got to move on from from Dave Gettleman. On the flip side, dude, Denver's got a Denver's got a good roster. Um, you know, if they had a quarterback that you know didn't have his deficiencies like Teddy Bridgewater does, doesn't have the the greatest arm strength. But again, you can win games with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, my point is this is a legit roster. I mean, they've got you know Bradley Chubb and and Von Miller are as good as a one two punch as you're going to get coming off the edges. Uh, the back end of their defense is, is really good. They got good linebackers. This is a solid roster. I mean, they're going to give, I think they're the second best team in that, um, uh, in the AFC West. Uh, they, they looked good. I mean, they, they, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams is, is a very good rookie. Um, the, the Giants is the Giants defense is not a bad defense and Denver's offense, you know, Made us look made us look like we were a bad defense. So you know, hats off to to Teddy for the game that he had. Hats off to uh, the Broncos for getting a a week one win. I'm not going to get too high on that win as I'm getting very low on the Giants' loss. But um, yeah, you know, you Denver Denver looked good. Yeah, I feel you. It's going to be tough to say they're the best team in that AFC or the second best team in that AFC West just because of the way the the Raiders handled business on Monday night, first game at Five Stadium or Allegiant Stadium, rather, so far out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Melvin Ingram, or, sorry, Melvin Gordon, really, really nice to see him back in action. He had a great rookie year in the second-year campaign with the Chargers. 
came over to the Broncos in a sign-in trade last year. Did not have a great season. Granted, you had Philip Lindsay and some other guys there that they were utilizing to their benefit, but it's great to see him back on track. He looks like he's going to go off for, you know, 11, 1,200 yards this year, which would be nice to see. Jerry Judy finally getting involved the second season in. Uh, people forget Teddy Bridgewater went 11 and 5 his rookie campaign with the Vikings and made a wild card, you know? So he had a very gruesome injury that he's battled back from, but the guy's been able to ball out in his career. So, Giants, your only takeaway is Sterling Shepard is actually a decent wide receiver, which we've been contemplating for roughly about two to three years now. Um, but, uh, again, uh, another one of those games where you weren't strapped in your seat excited to watch. I, unfortunately, because I'm here in the New York area, get stuck with every Giants game on, no matter what time of the day it is. So, I'm not looking forward to that the rest of the season. But, um, Another question for you. Dave Gettleman was there in 2019, right? When they picked Andrew, uh, when they picked Daniel Jones. Yeah, he, that was his pick. So my point by that too is, is if, is if the last straw is the offensive tackle uh, this year, think about what they lost out on. They took Daniel Jones in front of a Josh Allen in a pretty, pretty deep quarterback draft. I mean, all Dave Gettleman emphasizes to me is that his recruiting prospects are just absolutely fucking horrific because everything he lays eyes on becomes an absolute bust. But let's see how the season plays out. If they continue to lose games, nah, you know, Gettleman will not be there too much longer. Yeah, I mean, if, if they're bad this year, I think you have to move on from, uh, from Dave Gettleman. And with that... And we'll... Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones. Um, yeah, I, I've... I've given Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt, but another turnover this past weekend. Um, yeah, if if this if he can't prove this year that you know he can limit the turnovers, and again, I won't get too high on the turnover. It was it was a bad turnover. It was another turnover. But if he can limit the turnovers, look, Jason Garrett, uh, he didn't really do that great of a job play calling. The Giants seemed very vanilla. But I mean, if we have a bad year, I think it's time to move on from. From, from everything, from Gettleman, from Saquon, from Daniel Jones, you know, just 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 chalk it up as a as an L and 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 let's rebuild. Let's move on. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, other LA team, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, and the Bears game. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't I didn't get I didn't catch too much um, of this game. It was very close in the first half. Uh, and then in the second half, the Rams just kind of blew the doors open. Um, I think my takeaway from this game and getting back to what we, you know, were talking about when it came to Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, and Kirk Cousins, you know, Andy Dalton, yeah, and the, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, like he's not that guy, right? He's not that guy. We know he's not that guy. We know what his limitations are. And when you're talking about a game like professional football, when you're asking guys to go out there and risk, you know, their bodies and their health, and you can't ask those guys to do so when, when you're leading, you know, your team out there with, with Andy Dalton, um, you know, you know that Andy Dalton has his deficiencies and, you know, he doesn't give you an opportunity to win a win every given Sunday as great as he might've been, you know, in the past or as serviceable as he might've been in the past. I don't think I'll ever use great and Andy yeah, Dalton in the same, undertone. in the same breath. Um, but yeah, you know, especially when you have um, Justin Fields, you know, when you, when you, when he fell into your lap, you know, in the draft and I get it, he might not be ready to be your starting quarterback, but 
you know, how ready is, is Zach Wilson? You know, how ready are any of these guys that you, you know, thrust into a starting role? The way those guys are going to learn is by being on the field and learning through adversity and learning through failure. And I think for Matt Nagy and the front office to, you know, try to get an entire roster to be behind or get behind Andy Dalton, even though they know it's only temporary, I just don't think you can do that uh, in professional football, you know, in a game that, you know, you're asking guys to, to, to risk their, their, their health. Um, yeah. They're hanging their hat on the fact that they paid this guy $10 million, right, on a one-year contract. So they're assuming, hey, because we've shelled out this type of capital for an individual who's, like you said, a serviceable, mediocre quarterback, may make a play, made some playoffs back with the Bengals. But all in all, it's Justin Fields' time. I do not give a shit how much money you spent on Andy Dalton. You are going to have the same percentages in opportunity to win games as Justin Fields being your starter as you are Red Rifle. It's just a fact, and especially when you have a team like the Chicago Bears, which is solely built around the defense. Another very good defense, Khalil Mack, top, def- top defensive player in the NFL. I mean, you are building a team around the defense and hoping for a quarterback that, that that's not going to make mistakes. Right. And, 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 you know, and going back to you, if you're Matt Nagy, like that's the quickest way to lose a locker room. Right. Cause if I'm a defensive guy and I'm like, yo, the kid gives us a better opportunity to win. I know he might not be ready to play right now, or he might not be as up, you know, as up to speed with the NFL game as you would like right now. But you know, you're asking me to go out there, you know, risk my health, you know, run into guys full speed. Like I'm doing that. Yes. For a paycheck, but I'm also doing that because I want to win and, you know, right. make no Why mistake. You're playing the game? Right. Make no mistake about, um, you know, NFL guys, uh, you know, they, they obviously the money is great, but those guys also want to win football games. And, you know, when you trot Andy Dalton out there, you know, when the media is talking about it, when players in the locker room know that, you know, he doesn't give them the best opportunity to win. That's the easiest way, in my opinion, if you're a head coach to lose the locker room, to lose faith from, you know, players in the locker room. So, you know, not sure what happens in week two. I think if they, you know, I think they will keep Andy Dalton in there for week two, just because they play, um, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals and they probably want to give Andy Dalton a you know, opportunity to play against his team. And, yep. you know, oh, the bank, yeah, the Bengals aren't the best uh, team in the league, although they got that, that week one win. Believe you me, if they start Andy Dalton against Cincinnati and he loses, they better start Justin Fields uh, in week three. They probably have no, no other choice. Um, yeah, Nagy's holding on to a job too. He, he better be careful. Right, right. Uh, you know, on the flip side, and we'll move on right after this, or you can jump in if you want. Uh, the, uh, the Rams looked really good um, in that second half. You know, I think Matt Stafford proved in that second half that he was everything as advertised, especially when you consider what they couldn't do uh, with Jared Goff. Uh, dude, I can't wait until that NFC West starts playing like in-division games because it is going to be some smash-mouth, hard-nosed football. I mean, every one of those NFC West showdowns got to be like, a Monday night game or a Thursday night game or some type of like America's game of the week. Cause those are going to be some, some amazing, amazing football games. Yeah. And uh, the great thing about those games is we don't know if we're going to get a 55 point night because we have a bunch of explosive offenses or we're going to get a 20 point night because you have some ridiculous defenses too. So it's going to be exciting to watch. We've been reiterating all all episode about how that's the best division in football. And 
Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. But the Rams got exactly what they wanted out of Matt Stafford. Cooper Cup played well. They thought they were short on the running game. Daryl Henderson, if he can continue to produce, they're going to have a great year. All right, moving on. Last game of the week. Uh, probably the most exciting game uh, of the week. Down. Hands down, right? Uh, that Monday nighter, um, I'm usually in bed, you know, midway through the third quarter uh, of any Monday night game. Um, but this game kept me uh, intrigued. Maybe it was that, you know, it's week one, you know, first Monday night first Monday night game of the year. Maybe that kept me up. But I wasn't mad by any means. I mean, this game went into overtime. You know, it had excitement. Um, what a game. Um, I think my takeaway from this game was... You know, Lamar Jackson, he's got to get better as a as a thrower of the football. You know, he, he's, he's not there yet. Um, there were so many plays where, you know, it, where he just where he didn't throw the football. And that's more, you know, that's more of an indictment on, you know, the times that he did throw the football and it didn't look good. I, I thought, you know, there were like three or four plays where he's just I don't know if he's not reading the defense uh, well enough, but he's, he's not making the throw. And, it, and it's almost routine. Um, you know, I, 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 they showed a play where uh, the Raiders were in a zone defense. Um, you know, the receiver ran a comeback, and he was open. It's just like, Lamar, throw the football. If he throws the football and hits the receiver, you know, the receiver ran a hitch, and he's coming. It's just, dude, you got to get rid of the football. That's a first down. Where are your eyes? What are you looking at? Um, you know, obviously, they, they've had the injuries to their backfield. Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Justin, Justice Hill. But I still think they had every reason to to win that game, and they were up fourteen nothing. They were in command of that game, and you know I don't know if it's just they took their foot off the gas or Lamar started to not you know read the defense and and make those routine throws. But my biggest takeaway, and I've been saying this for for a couple of years now, and I've gotten pushback because people love Lamar. I love him too. He's not where he needs to be as far as being a, a thrower of the football and a pocket passer. And until he is, until he is, the, the Ravens are going to be what they are. You know, they're, they're going to make the playoffs, but I, I wouldn't expect much uh, success from them, you know, in the postseason when guys have to become, you know, good pocket, pocket quarterbacks. On, right, the, right. On, on the flip side, Derek Carr, I've never been too big on him, but kudos to him for, for getting that win. Um, you know, he doesn't, you know, it's not the most talented team, the Raiders, but, um, you know, they played hard. Derek, Derek Carr played very well, uh, 56 attempts for 435 and two touchdowns. He, he is a franchise quarterback, whether he has the, you know, backing of the organization, whether they have the roster around him. I think he is a lower level franchise quarterback, just doesn't always have, um, you know, the team around him, but Yeah. Just my, my biggest takeaway, exciting game. Lamar Jackson, you got to get better as a pocket passer. You hit it on that. A lot of GMs have come out and said, hey, Lamar, we are going to figure you out. Because if you're a, if you're a run first quarterback and a pass second, it's pretty easy to build a game plan. I wouldn't say easy, but it's pretty pretty convenient to build a game plan around, right? You, you bully up in the trenches. You send a lot of people. Uh, on the outside, your linebackers, and you're going to send heavy pressure because you know he's going to be primarily run. So you want somebody like Lamar Jackson to throw the ball because he's not a pocket passer. He prefers a run first. Sammy Watkins being there will be great for him long term because it is a weapon, assuming Sammy stays healthy, which he hasn't been able to for most of his career. But you hit it on that. He's going to. He's a great quarterback that 
very well could have MVP-like numbers because he might rush for 12, 13, 1,400 yards. But until he becomes a pocket passer and can make great decisions, he's going to be uh, an individual that should be pretty, uh, pretty easy to game plan around. Now, Las Vegas loves seeing them uh, have their home opener at the stadium. First-time fans have been allowed at Allegiant. Um, Josh Jacobs, you know you're going to get. Darren Waller is just a, an exceptional fucking athlete. I mean, the guy's a stud. You don't know if he's a wide receiver or a, a tight end. Very Travis Kelsey-like, but he caught 10 balls. He's going to catch... I, I, my prediction is 110 to 115 receptions this year, quite frankly, because that's all Derek Carr has to throw to for the most part. Um, but the, the X factor for that Las Vegas Raiders team on my end was Max Crosby, who's, uh, who's one of their front four on the defensive end. He had a few sacks, but that guy was all over the place. He was a monster. He's been injury prone. Great game to watch. Thought for sure the Ravens had it in the bag. Derek Carr throws that late interception in the end zone. Wild things happen. Unbelievable Monday night. But all in all, Lamar Jackson needs to get better in the pocket. Derek Carr, if he continues to play that way, they're going to win a lot of games. And what was this saying back in the day? That was that was the literal definition of a Gruden grinder. Yeah. <laughs> we watched somebody. A Gruden grinder. And that's what we saw. So... Uh, if you first week, that's for sure. Oh man. What, what a great first week of football. Um, anybody who has gotten to this point in, uh, listening to the show, you've been listening for about, uh, an hour and 16 minutes now, maybe next week we'll, uh, we'll break it up. Uh, we'll give you two shows in the week. We'll do a AFC NFC this way. You know, we're not forcing you guys to, uh, to give us an hour and 16 minutes of, of your day of your time. Uh, as always, appreciate you guys taking a listen, supporting, you know, please follow, please share. Uh, if you're friends of ours, reach out to us, let us know what, you know, what things that you'd like us to do, what things we can improve on. Always appreciate, uh, you know, the feedback. Al, you got anything you want to, uh, to say before we jump off? Thanks for the love y'all. We're excited to give you some, uh, some information on week two after another exciting weekend. Thank you guys for taking a listen and we'll chat to you later.